be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son willingly endured the agony of shame of the cross for our redemption. Grant us courage to take up our cross daily and follow him wherever he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.
They rise for the singing of the island of earth. Thoughts every day. You know that? Do you have to think about it? When you get up, 
So you have to go, what am I going to think about today? And I better start thinking. And go, I better start breathing. Is that what you think about? You think I got to keep breathing? No, we just do it. We just think. And then I read that all those thoughts that we have, like nine out of ten of them are the same thing we thought about yesterday. Nine out of ten. And four out of five of them, so those nine things, like eight of them, are all about troubles, problems, negative things. I don't like the way that person looks at me. You ever think that? Well, I, what about, I just, I just don't like that person. Oh, I got all these things to do. I don't know why mom and dad have to have these and this stuff, right? All these problems. Well, I want to play a game. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and see if you can tell me what you hear, okay? There's no prizes, so keep your eyes closed. What is this sound? Paper. Paper? Yeah. Yeah, you can hear that. How about, here's a sound, let's see here. Change some things. What's this sound? Are you sure? You guys aren't old enough to use a phone. Dialing. All right. How about how about this? Can you tell what this is? Song. Yeah. Okay, you can open your eyes. All those things. You know what those sounds are, right? Do you pray? Do you hear God? Oh, sometimes it's hard to hear God, isn't it? We have to think about that. We have to think about that. What if we, but we don't think about breathing, and we don't think about thinking. So what if we pray like the Bible says, pray constantly, and we didn't even think about it. We just said prayers. There's a friend of mine who reminds me, because every time... He says a prayer. It reminds me how little I pray. We get somewhere. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us get here safely. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing me into a new day. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Thank you, Jesus, that I didn't trip going down these stairs. Thank you, Jesus, every day, all the time. It reminds me how little I pray. But you know what? We have somebody that prays for us. He prays for us, you know. God does in his Holy Spirit. You guys are baptized. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And we remember all those things. We remember that God is with us. And the Holy Spirit works within us. And he prays for us. Is that great? So when the Bible tells us to pray constantly, we do things. Like I told you every week now, right? We come to church and we pray we spend time with other Christians and the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. Right? And he fills us and he gives us all the good things. He's like, thank you God for all these people. Thank you God for all your people. Please bring your Holy Spirit to them and open their hearts. Right? Let's say a verse that Mr. Nat also read from the Old Testament, Jeremiah. From the prophet Jeremiah, say these words. Your words were found. Your words were found. And I ate them. And I ate them. And your words. Your 
For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I'll always memorize this one. Once everybody say it with me and follow. Ready? Your words were found. And I ate them. And your words became to me a joy. And the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name. Jesus for loving us so much that you sent, that you came and died for us and rose for us. Amen. Have some hugs and kisses, get two or three, and have a great week. We continue with the sermon, Inhale Thou Once Despised of Jesus on page 8 and 9.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever had one of those days when it seems like everything is just going right? Peter's having one of those days in our gospel reading last week. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Blessed are you. Peter must be bursting with joy and pride. High-fiving the other disciples or whatever their equivalent is back then. Peter's declaration answers an important question. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Christ. The son of the living God. In the midst of Peter's joy at his confession of Jesus being the Christ, Jesus then starts to explain what it means to be the Christ. And this is a new and just as vital a question. What does it mean to be the Christ? From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes And be killed. And on the third day be raised. Peter's joy. Turns into bewilderment. What is Jesus talking about? Suffering? Death? No, 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 no. no. Peter loves Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. Peter is Jesus' kind of unofficial right-hand man. Peter is not going to let anyone hurt Jesus. He knows that Jesus is wrong, and so Peter rebukes him. But Peter is the one who's wrong. Peter has the wrong answer to the question, what does it mean to be the Christ? Out of love and good intentions, Peter wants to decide for Jesus what it means. Peter wants to keep Jesus from the cross. And he's not alone. Others want Jesus to skip the cross. At Jesus' temptation, Satan tries to redefine what it means to be the Christ. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple and see if God will protect you. And then the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and says, All this I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. The devil gives Jesus a shortcut to glory by bypassing all the messiness of the cross. 
When Jesus is on the cross, we can hear echoes of Satan's words by those passing by. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. The devil wants to redefine what it means to be the Christ, and Peter is momentarily allied with the devil, and Jesus lets him know. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance for me, to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Out of love, Peter redefines what it means to be the Christ. Peter wants to protect Jesus from suffering and death, and he's rebuked for it. Now, trying to keep Jesus from the cross is not much of a temptation for us living 2,000 years after Jesus suffered, died, and rose from the dead. And yet there is still a great temptation to redefine what it means to be the Christ. It seems that we desperately want a Christ that we can define. A Christ who conforms to the world. In the Western world, there's been a tremendous shift from people thinking about what is good for society as a whole and instead focus on what is good for me. More and more, it seems that people are focused on themselves and not what is good for others. One, one indication of this is that more and more young people now are choosing not to have children because having children and raising children is difficult consumes a great deal of time and money. Children complicate life. But without children, society cannot survive. Many people in churches today try to redefine what it means for Jesus to be the Christ. And they often are doing it out of love and good intentions. They want a Jesus that does not call out sin and make people feel bad. They want a Jesus in their own image. They want a generic Christ who's kind of an energy of sorts that they can plug into once in a while for a boost. They want a Christ who does what they want when they want him to do it. People want a glorious Christ who helps them be successful. A Christ to make them healthy, wealthy, and wise. Folks want a Christ who's around to help, support, Comfort and protect. But that's not who Christ is. Progressive denominations and seminaries are moving beyond gay rights and into a queer theology, claiming that Christian theology is fundamentally a queer enterprise. And they claim that traditional Christianity has been corrupted into systemic defamation of sensual self-indulgence. They want to redefine Christ so he celebrates their perversion of God's gift of marriage and sexuality. So many want a Gnostic Jesus who does not care what you do with your body as long as you have the right knowledge of God. There are a number of people who over the years have left the fellowship of this congregation because they were looking for a different Christ. A Christ more compatible with the world. 
because it's uncomfortable to be at odds with the world. And so folks want a Jesus of the world. But St. Paul warns about this in last week's epistle reading. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what the will of God is. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Jesus is the Christ. To be Christ means to suffer, die, and rise from the dead. Then the question is, what does it mean to follow Jesus? John the Baptist found this out the hard way. John is in prison for calling out the king's adultery and Jesus leaves John in prison and John is executed. Jesus did not do what John wanted him to do. Why didn't Jesus help John? Jesus is often a hidden Christ. The true Christ is a Christ who often hides his greatness, his glory, majesty, and power. He's a Christ that allows you to suffer and die. His promises remain and you will be raised from the dead and have eternal life. But the suffering here is real. To answer the question, what does it mean to follow Jesus? The true Christ says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. We want a Christ that's all about me, me, me. And Jesus says, deny yourself. Tell yourself, no. Do not indulge your sinful desires. Reject self-indulgence. Deny yourself. The world tells you to indulge yourself. Be your true you. Go all in on your desires and adopt them as your identity. And Jesus says, deny yourself. Jesus teaches you to live out your identity as a baptized child of God because you belong to Jesus. God's name, God's identity have been put onto you. You are a follower of Jesus. Live out who you are in Christ. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Be transformed by your identity in Christ and fight the powerful desire to conform to the world. As a follower of Jesus, you expect suffering and death, knowing you'll be raised from the dead. As a follower of Jesus, you are on your knees confessing your sins and receiving the gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. As a follower of Jesus, you gather to hear the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus three times tells his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem and he will suffer and be killed and then rise again. And many people refer to these as passion predictions. And that seems to be also how Peter heard it. Jesus will suffer and die. But not just suffer. 
not just die, Jesus will also be raised up. These are not just passion predictions, these are resurrection predictions. They are predictions of victory over sin, death, and the grave. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. What does it mean to be the Christ? It means to suffer and die and be raised from the dead. What does it mean to follow Jesus? It means to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus through the difficulties of life, through suffering and death, all the way to eternal life with Jesus in the heavenly city. Follow Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord returns in glory. Amen. We rise to confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Maker of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under a conscious power, was crucified by the Spirit, he descended into hell. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for trust in the Father, we hear of our avenging God, that we would not seek our own vengeance, but rather bless those who curse us. Let us praise the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church of God and all who proclaim the word of God, that we may forsake the revelers who despise God's word and always hear what is precious, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us praise the Lord.
lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should all find in all places. Give thanks to the Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you have so freely bestowed on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh, and laid on him our sin, giving him a death that he might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns through all eternity. All who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, and will praise you and say, Peace of the Lord be with you always. Welcome to the Lord's table.
true and true faith of the life everlasting. Depart in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Thank you. 